Welcome to the Share Your Story podcast. A space where you can hear people's true stories to inspire us to live better ones ourselves. I'm from Uvascular, Finland, but I live in Brighton now. I've lived here for two and a half years, a bit over. I moved here for uni. Um, yeah, I spent 25 years in Finland, but I always wanted to get away. I was obsessed with Beauty and the Beast. I have Beauty and the Beast tattoo now, and I really related to Belle in Beauty and the Beast. I always just wanted to get away, and Brighton is good for that. Yeah, I'm finishing my final year of uni this year, and it's it's amazing that I've made it this far, really. I've I spend five years on a sick leave, like on a permanent sick leave, and um, I was so sure I would never work, I would just be on a sick leave for the rest of my life, so it's, it's incredible to think that I've made it this far, I'm actually quite proud of myself for being here. My childhood, my family was good. I have a big brother, big sister, and younger brother, and my parents were awesome and supportive. But I was bullied for pretty much the whole time I was in school, and I remember this one incident. It was Valentine's Day, and everyone was writing, or people were writing cards to other people. And I could have like a prank card saying that haha you believe that someone would actually write a card for you and I think that's like that's a that's more oh, it's 21 years 22 years later and I still remember that one thing and I think that's that's shaped me shaped my love life a lot and I I was quite alone I didn't have many friends when I was growing up so I I kind of found internet when it when it be became a thing in Finland and I think it it saved me a lot I found friends online um, around the world it's been it's been a lifeline to and it still is I spend way too much time on my phone and on my laptop but I also study computer science so it is a big part of my life internet
I've been recently quite open about my bipolar. Um, I was actually diagnosed when I was 18 because they wouldn't diagnose it before that. But um, I was a troubled teenager. I was. I skipped school and I was. I was disappeared once and I was. Um, Um, yeah, I was just, I guess, uh, rebelling against everything. And people just said that you're a teenager, you'll, you'll grow out of it. But I kind of never went away. Um, I think I can trace my first depression to being on the pill, actually. Um, I think it when I when I stopped being on the contraceptive pill a few months three months later or so I got my first mania. Uh, there's been loads of research about it and it is said to cause depression easily. Um and I think it's just dangerous to put that kind of hormones in a young person who is still the body is changing, the mind is changing, the brain is growing, the whole person is growing. So it's... It can change someone's personality so much. And I think it's it's dangerous. It works like my sister was on on the pill for years and years and it didn't affect, affect her. And it is just sometimes it's not it's not the best and it can cause a lot of problems i'm happy that it happened because i've got the right diagnosis then i kind of always knew there was something wrong in my head i was when i was 18 or 19 i met one of my old bullies um in a bar and I asked him what it was about and he just said that I was I was different, I was weird. And I think it's it's always I've always been bipolar. Like ever since I was a kid I I remember having these horrible mood swings that like long before I was a teenager. I knew there was something more than just being a kid or being bullied or being a teenager. I guess finally getting the diagnosis it made so much sense. Like I had, my family was good, I there is nothing, apart from the bullying, there is like no reason but that is bipolar. It, it doesn't have a reason. I do think that contraceptive pill had a um played its role to make it happen, but it's always been there. I think my first actual de de depressive episode was in two thousand and five 
There was a lot of smaller ones, but this one was bigger and deeper. Um, I was... I moved away from my parents when I was 16. And I... It was really good to live alone and find my own way, find my own routines. And I was doing uh, Finnish high school or college at the time, but I went on a sick leave on... Oh, I stopped, stopped going to school and when they said they would kick me out, I had to go to the doctors to... basically get a permission to be away and they backdated it to the beginning of my absences so I wasn't in trouble um, but um, yeah it took a while I think I my absences from school and the depression started in 2005 and Um, I think I was put on medication 2007 when I was, that's when I was 18. I've been on the same medication since 2008, so nine years, nine and a half years now, no, eight and a half, and it has like about six months after that, everything started to get a bit easier and like things got more clear i i didn't want to be on the medication but i started to feel like it actually helped but it was really hard to come to, come to terms with having to be on a medication possibly for the rest of my life but i've I try to think it as like diabetics have to be on a medication and mental illness is, is same, it's in your body, it's in your brain. It's not it's not something it's not something that's just in your mind, it is in your brain. Yeah, the medication. I, I think I went through like eight different combinations of medications before I found the one I'm on now. And yeah, it's been it's been so good. And yeah, eight, eight and a half years later, I'm still on the same medication, and it works. It was really hard on my parents, especially my mother. She had a lot of trouble to coming terms with. me being mentally ill um, and a lot of my or some people in my family they seem to think that it was just a prolonged teenage angst and it's been really hard on my parents because I've Especially when I was a teenager, I would 
one night I just, it was my dad's birthday and I just didn't come home. Um, and I, I know they were worried, but I, I was drunk, I didn't care. And yeah, it's affected my parents the most. And I think it, I feel a bit guilty because I was, my younger brother is a year and a half younger than I am. And I feel like that during my teenage years, he got less attention because I was, I was taking a lot out of my parents. So I f still feel a bit guilty about that. To me, it's, when I first got the diagnosis, it was, it was a relief, but it was also a reason or more of an excuse to not care, just, I could just say, sorry, I'm mentally ill, I, I can't do this, and I was a bit, it was easy way to explain everything to myself and just allow myself to be crazy and not do anything. But the medication has helped me a lot to find out what I want and at some point I realised that I don't want to be on a sick leave, I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing nothing. Um, 2007 and 2008 were horrible years. Um, the only actual big thing that happened was my uncle died when, um, at the age of 49. And he was close to me, but I was also going through, I had broken up with a, from a, not so happy relationship. I was drinking a lot. I was just trying to get away from everything and those years were were really dr dark. I spent two months at a time in a mental hospital. Is that the right word? Yeah, in a mental hospital. I, every oh, spring and autumn 2007 and spring and autumn 2008 um, I, I can see now that it was a lot of the issues that I had was caused by constant drinking but it was only the only way to get away I have I had amazing friends around me and my 2008 housemates um, she had two dogs and I got really close to killing myself in all then but the dogs were dogs were there for me and my housemate was there for me. It was it was dark times but I have happy memories um every now and then. Oh Yeah, I have a lot of happy memories from that time, but 
it was at the same time it was really horrible I was on a sick leave but I started to feel like this this can't be it like I don't want to do this for the rest of my life so I about 2010 I started looking for work and I started this unpaid internship thing I was working four hours a day with really good people and that was uh, that was it made me feel like I was it was a small company there were three other people working there and even though I had no actual skills to do anything I felt like I helped a lot and that feeling made me feel like I can I need this I need to do more and um, for someone who barely passed college and had no education back then and no real work experience I somehow managed to get a job as a content manager in a mobile game company and that was I was there for a bit over two years but it kind of gave me a I wanted to study I wanted to do more with my life but because I did so poorly in college I didn't get into any university in Finland I think I applied to like 14 different courses because in Finland it's only about your college grades it doesn't matter how much work you've done since it only matters or you get into the entrance exams based on your grades and I I got into one entrance exam but I didn't get in so I started looking into other places I've always oh I've traveled a lot in England I've always been obsessed because of Harry Potter and Jane Austen and it kind of felt natural so I applied I applied to Greenwich Lincoln and Sussex universities and Sussex was the first my first choice and it was the first place to give me a give me an offer so I came here Brighton has always been my favorite city in the UK and it's a, it's a wonderful place to live before I moved here um, I had quite a long time to organize my move and stuff I I thought it would change who I am and I would I expected more of a change in me but I I am a lot of I'm a lot older than most students and my housemates were a lot younger younger and as great as they were I kind of felt out of place with them so I still did what I did back in Finland watched a lot of Netflix spent a lot of time alone um, and I was really struggling the first term of first year I failed a few modules didn't do too great but um, in the spring I met my boyfriend and we've been together for 
bit over two years now and he's he's changed my life he's been there um i've the sussex uni has a lot of good options for counseling and they care about they seem to care about how the students are actually doing and i've i've gone to counseling every spring for these three years my counselor has been amazing it's i feel like i get a lot better care here than i got in finland it took months and months to get like psychiatrist appointments and all that and back in Finland and here it just seems I get text messages to go and see the nurse because I haven't been in a while so, and it's the change has been less than I expected I was really unhappy um, back in Uvascular before I moved here I was still drinking too much and I felt like I didn't have a meaning so being at uni has and being in Brighton has given me some kind of purpose a lot of people back in Finland have said that like you're so brave to move there but I I, I had no other options I had no other way ways forward I, I don't feel like I was brave to abandon everything and move here because I didn't have much to abandon. Like, yeah, I had friends, but I'm still in contact with my closest friends from Finland. And there was just no way forward there. So I, I feel like it would have been a lot harder to stay there and struggle all the time. Coming here has been... It's a, it has been so easy, so simple. And like all the, all the paperwork and everything, it's not... Like... I haven't had any, any other, or any issues that I wouldn't have in Finland, being a student. So it's it's surprisingly easy. I actually kind of lucked out. I did an internship last summer in a company and they liked me so much that I have a job after uni. So I'm starting at a wonderful company with wonderful people in September um, in Kingston upon Thames. And um, Yeah, I was, I think I was the only one who applied for the internship because the company started looking so late, but they told me that they were impressed with me and they were, they felt like I fit in the group. Not so long ago, I was someone who, who was never going to be anything. I remember my, my teachers telling me I was never going to be anything and it was just feels so unreal that I've made it this far. I'm really proud of myself but I feel like there is a lot of luck. My counsellor, I've luckily found someone who has 
who has been absolutely amazing. I I was lucky enough to find the right medication that's been good. I was I was lucky to find this internship. My my grades are not the greatest. I'm like average, solid two one. And there are people who get really high firsts, but I was the only one who hadn't sorted out anything for the summer last year, so I got the internship, and yeah, there is a lot of luck in my life. I think the hardest work is in my head. It is, there are a lot of like survival mental health stories that how people overcame their issues and how things have worked out. But it is a still, it's still a, like, for most people, it's a sta daily struggle. I think there should be more people who talk about how they still live with their mental health issues, not how they have overcome these issues. When I was diagnosed, I, uh, I had an attitude that I am bipolar. It is, it is what I am. It is who I am. But lately I've, I've come to realise that I have bipolar, I, it is something I have, which is, it's not something I can give away, but it's something that does not have to dictate who or what I am. I am really well in touch with my head, I do overanalyse most of the emotions I have and a lot of if I feel unhappy then I I am in instantly looking for symptoms of depression but it's also made me think and look hard what I want and what I am I feel like I am I know my head I know my what I need a lot of, for me, uh, for example, healthy routine is to wake up early and go to bed early. And that's something I've had to come to terms with, but it also makes me happy. I love, I wake up around 5.45 every morning. I love sitting outside with a cigarette and a coffee. It's just... It's good to know who I am and what I do. There is, like, I don't regret anything in my life because I guess I believe in butterfly effect. Like, even the smallest things can change what happens. And I am in a really good place, so I I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I've, yeah, I've made it here and. And there is still work, I'm still working on my, or working with my brain, but I feel like it's not against me any anymore, it is a, an ally, uh, ally, yeah, ally, yeah. not, not an enemy anymore. I guess one of the hardest things for me was to balance um, between I am crazy and I want to be normal but I don't I don't I don't think there is such a thing as normal 
like everyone or most people have issues most people will experience horrible sadness in their life and it should be people should be more open about open about mental illness but without glorifying it like there is a lot of I guess competition like who has the deepest scars mentally and physically who has who sleeps late least who um, who has the strongest medication and I think finding a balance between accepting it without glorifying but also without trying to ignore the symptoms or ignore the issues is important the balance because mental illness is not you can't measure it in like distance you can say two meters is longer than one meter or two kilos is more than one kilo but mental illness it's or pain overall is not it's not you can't measure it like some people when you take a tattoo it hurts some people more than others um like i can't i can walk easily if i have blisters but taking my blood pressure really hurts and for other people blisters are really painful so i think i think mental health is is the same you can't it is up to every single person to oh it is not up for anyone else to question how you feel or how bad your your issues are i kind of touched the subject of relationships like i was i've hurt a lot of people because i i kind of craved attention a lot and I've I I spent about twelve years or so jumping from a relationship to another because I wanted to feel loved and appreciated. But I was not relationships are are really hard with mental illness if you're not in a good place with your head. And I've I've hurt a lot of people being quite by being quite selfish and obviously I didn't recognize it back then but um, I, I still see people I see people who like hide their pain behind all the new crush and love feelings and try to get rid of it that way and end up hurting a lot of other people I think that's that's something that should be recognized more. Like people should it is a cliche but people should learn to be alone. And that's that's the best way to get in touch with your head and it took me way too long and way too many relationships to realize that the relationships should not be about me doing what I want or what I what I need relationships are there is two people or more but it's like obviously a relationship is always a risk but 
and everyone should to a degree think of themselves first but being alone would be think putting yourself first but also protecting other people I think relationships are our puzzle piece in all my bipolar symptoms and behavior I've learned a lot from the relationships and how I've hurt the other people but I wish I hadn't done that I wish I I wish I hadn't cheated on people or went back and forth for years I just think people should be alone sometime I think everyone or most people I can't say everyone but most people crave to feel like they are not alone and they want to be understood so I think because mental health is still a bit of a taboo but also it is highly glorified so I think just normal people telling telling their stories telling their stories and it because mental illnesses they are so normal they are everyone knows someone who has gone through a lot of a lot of bad things and everyone knows someone who has mental health issues it, it should it just should be talked more by everyone normal people especially the people who still live with it it kind of shows that it is ne not necessarily something you can or have to overcome it is something that you can live with I'm not bothered by the scars and I haven't like when they were new and fresh people people felt really uncomfortable around them but um, these are obviously so well healed that they are old so people I think that's why people feel more comfortable talking about them or asking about them like I have smaller scars from previous times but the worst ones are are from that time um, a lot of them were kind of or some of them were a tactical choice because in Finland you get health mental health care easier if you show that you are self-destructive or harming yourself so some of the scars were just to get some help faster but most of them are from a just a genuine I don't know what to do I need to get rid of this feeling how do I do that I think it's kind of beautiful that people show them like it is it is brave it is I think it's a way to share and show that this is it's not it shouldn't be normal but it's like it's it happens it's way to show or share your story like I've I've been thinking about covering my scars but they are a constant reminder of how far I've come so I, I feel like I don't want to hide them 
they are there. If they make people uncomfortable, that's, that's their problem, not really my issue. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to get in touch or find out more, head to Facebook or Instagram at shareyourstory.space or on Twitter at underscore SYSpace. You can subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes or across various other platforms. And you can also get in touch with us or learn more about us through our website, www.shareyourstory.space. Thank you again. Bye-bye.